0: Good morning. Am I on? All right. Well, it's good to be here. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, uh, Why are we here? What's the point? And why do we do what we do? None of these are questions that Mark asked me to talk about. (laughs) But, But they're questions that I've been thinking about, that I've been challenged about, Um, as I've been preparing for this morning. Um, As Mark said, this is part of uh, the Better Together series. Now, uh, Mark stole that from the Scottish No campaign for the independence referendum in 2014. Uh, They they won that, so that was good. Uh, Their next campaign was called No Thanks, so I'm looking forward to our next next sermon series. See how that one goes. Um, But, uh, part of this series, uh, just a quick recap, we heard from uh, Ashley, Ashley stole the main point of my sermon, thank you Ashley, uh, which was that as we grow closer to God, as we individually grow closer to God, we grow closer to one another as well. Um, we heard from Trevor um, from uh, Biggin Hill, uh, he came and, is that right, Biggin Hill? Uh, no, no. Bromley. Bromley, that's the one, um, he came and talked about uh, being an apostolic people and he, he, he shared, shared with us about being part of the, the wider family of churches and, and listening to the leaders from those other churches. Um, Mark. Oh. Hey, look at that. Um, don't get distracted by it. It's meant to help you. Uh, Mark, Mark and uh, Jill shared about uh, serving and giving. Um, Donna came and talked to us, to us about being devoted to mission and... Uh, Just to quote Mark from um, his sermon a couple of weeks ago about diversity being the heart of God. He said, our treatment of those who are not like us or who don't think like us says a lot about our understanding of God's heart towards us. So this morning, we are thinking about growing together. Now Mark suggested uh, the following passage that uh, I'm going to read. It's from Ephesians um, chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. I've just realized I didn't print it on my piece of paper, so I'm going to turn around. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love living as children of light i wonder have you ever thought what your vision for life is what gets you up in the morning other than the alarm clock what what's what drives you in your life what do you give your life to we need to have a vision for our life because otherwise there's a danger that we just sort of wander through it don't we and i think it's the same with a with a church the church needs to have a vision for where we're going There's no point in just trying to change for our own sake. We need to have a calling. Now, personally, I'm in the process at the moment of rediscovering and refining what I am doing in my life. I should probably put it this way. It's more that God is in the process of helping me to see what he's doing, and I'm slowly catching on. The truth is that God loves me so much and longs for me and he longs for you to be set free from everything that holds us back. He's got great plans for us that are way beyond anything that we can ever imagine. They're good plans, and they start today, and they start tomorrow. They're not just for way in the future. Yes, there are way in the future plans, but there are plans for today. And I don't want to miss out on those plans anymore. I want to get on with it. (laughs) Now... In life and, uh, and in the church, it's easy just to, to keep on going with the flow. It's easy just to, to keep on doing the things that we do through habit or through a sense of responsibility or because it feels good maybe. And my hope this morning is that we can take stock of our lives and we can ask, why do we do what we do? Who has God made me to be? What do I need God's help to change in my life? And what role do I have to play in the lives of the people around me to help them along the way too? Now, with all good sermons, as we know, there should be three points. And I have three points. And uh, they are vision, authority, and equipping. We need a vision from God. We need authority from God. And we need to be equipped by God with the help of one another. Now, some people, if they're getting really fancy, would go, all. Oh, um, Uh, What's the word? Can't think of the word. But they'd end up with three letters uh, that are all the same. You know what I mean. So if you want to go that way, then it could be plan, permission, and preparation. But we don't need to get fancy we. (laughs) Now, uh, you may get distracted by what's up there. If it distracts you, uh, that's not the intention... Uh, The the intention for using this is because I'm going to be dipping in and out of Ephesians and hopefully you'll see the overview of Ephesians and then zooming in on different verses. If you find you just don't like it, just look away from the screen. Um, But Ephesians is a book that was uh, written in the Bible. It was written by Paul, who was one of the, the early church leaders. He wrote it from prison, actually, and it was written to to the church in Ephesus, um, but it was also written to all churches at that time, and all churches now as well. Now, with any verses in the Bible, it's always important to look at them in the context that they're written in. Who noticed what word the passage I read this morning started with? No, I wouldn't have done either. Um, it said instead. Now, instead is one of those words that makes you look back, doesn't it? You can't start a sentence and start reading a passage and thinking instead of this da 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 da, without looking back and thinking, well, instead of what? And what Paul was talking about before that was uh, he talked about God giving us apostles and teachers and evangelists, so we won't be flung around by every new teaching that comes our way. So during my perspiration, I, I sort of did a series. Have you ever looked through a, a magazine you you sort of pick it up in the doctors or whatever and you start at the back? Maybe it's just me, but <laughs> I start at the back and you sort of flick through and by the end of it, you have read the whole of the magazine backwards. I, I sort of did that with Ephesians. I started with this passage and then you look back and it said instead. And then at, at the start of that next bit back, it's got a therefore and you can't read a therefore without looking back and thinking, well, what's the therefore therefore? And it, there's, there's 10 therefores throughout Ephesians. So by the time you go anywhere, you've read the whole of the book of Ephesians. You should start at the start and read my way through the text. <laughs> but that, that's, what, that's what I did in preparation for this. And, and that's what we're going to do a little bit now. Um, just as we, we look back, and as you look back through all of those therefores, you start to realize like, a therefore is there to say, because of this, you should do this, or because of this, this is true. And as you go back through those therefores, you end up getting to a point where it is sort of the core truth of what Paul is trying to tell us. And this is where I've come up with this, this word vision and plan that you go back to this real core of God says, this is what my plan is for you. So we go back to Ephesians 1, verses 9 and 10. Listen to these amazing words. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. It's amazing he's let us into the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. And then he reveals a bit more of the plan in uh, chapter 3 and verse 10. He says, To use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was the eternal plan which he carried out through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, a plan that God's had for all eternity was for us, the church, to display God's wisdom. To the whole universe. The seen and the unseen. Not too big a plan then. (laughs) Now, if I were to ask you, do you want to be part of a plan like that? I wonder what your response is. Some of us might be filled with fear. We may think, "I, I don't I don't think I can help with that. Maybe it's excitement. Maybe it's confusion. Or you might just think, Do you know, I'm not worthy or I'm not, I'm not ready, I'm not significant enough to be involved in a plan like that. Or maybe when you hear a plan like that you think, yeah, bring it on, I'm ready, here I am God. We all know people uh, who seem to have a, a direct calling and a direct vision from God for their life and, and maybe you're one of those people I mean, think of sort of Donna out in Burundi. She's got a, a very clear calling of what she's called to do. Mark here, or, or Paul for leading churches and, and teaching people. Mike and Jill supporting and administering the church. Hannah leading worship. Hannah's leading worship. Um, it would be interesting to, to hear from people like that. Um, How God communicated that vision to them. For some it may be that they had a a direct call from God. They felt from a certain point in their life God said, This is what I want you to do. For others, it may well be that they've just sort of grown into that calling as they've discovered what their gifts are. Now the issue is that many of us can we can end up being inactive or ineffective in God's kingdom because we don't think that we've heard God's specific call on our life, and that is not what God wants. Jesus makes that perfectly clear um, when he tells the story, the parable of the talents, as it's known. Jesus uh, said uh, said this story. He he said, the the kingdom of heaven is like this, and we're going to go into the Jones paraphrase, so we'll see how it goes. Um, It's like a a rich guy who has some servants, and the rich guy is going off on a holiday, and uh, he says to his servants, look, while I'm gone, I've got all this money. I want you to, uh, to look after the money for you. So to one of the servants, he gives five bags of cash. And to another one, he gives two bags of cash. And then to a third one, he gives one bag of cash. And he heads off on his way to Gibraltar or wherever he's going to. And uh, he says to the servants, you look after it. Anyway, he comes back after a long time and uh, says to the servants, what have you done with it? Can I have my money back? And the first one who he given five to, he says, yeah, I've, I've worked really hard and I've Use that five to make another five. So here you go. Here's your other five. Did he give them both? Maybe I should read what that says. Anyway, um, and then the second one says, "Well, you know, you gave me three, and I've invested it really well, and I've managed to make another three. So here you go." And then he says to the other one, uh, "How are you doing with the one?" He says, "Well, I was, uh, yeah, was a little bit worried." Um, that I wouldn't be able to do much with it. So I just sort of dug a hole in and I put it in there. But anyway, here's your one back. There you go. Um, the, the rich guy is not that excited about that idea, is he? I think it's safe to say. He thinks, well, he says, he, he calls him some fairly harsh things. You, you're a wicked servant. You're a fool. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. This is Jesus' words. They will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. That's, it's a very harsh thing to hear, isn't it? But that's the truth that Jesus says. God would rather, ge- rather that we give it a go than we hold back until we're absolutely sure. He's with us wherever we go anyway, isn't he? Whether we know God's specific call on our lives or not, we are all called to God's big vision for this phase of history, as partaking in his kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. I can't move on without looking at a couple of other vision bits. In Ephesians 3.6, Paul says, Both Jews and Gentiles who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessing because they belong to Christ Jesus. And then elsewhere in the Bible, I mean, we could go all over the Bible to find God's mission and God's vision for us. I've picked out another three because I wanted to. Uh, so in Matthew, in Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20, this is God's vision for us, God's mission for us to be involved in right now, today. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you even to the end of the age. And in John 13, verses 34 and and 35, Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's God's vision for us, just that we love one another. And that will be the proof that we are his disciples. And then finally, in in Luke chapter 12, 29 to 31, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. The Lord our God is the only one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So when we come together and we we worship together, we are partaking in God's vision. That's, that's what he wants us to do. And not just when we come together to worship, but when we worship him through our lives, through the choices that we make, through the, the words that we say to people. That is us partaking in God's mission. Now, as a church, we, we've been a, given a specific vision as well. Um, and uh, you can read about it on, on our website. There was uh, a prophecy that was prayed over the church about us being a healthy and a substantial and a fruitful church. Now, if we, if we hang on to a vision like that, then it, you know, it's amazing the things that God could do. But all of that is it's under the umbrella of uh, these biblical truths of who God has called us to be, the kind of people he wants us to be. Now, if when I shared those uh, those awesome vision statements, uh, those awesome plans, if you were filled with a sense of maybe fear or insignificance, then I'd suggest you listening, because this next bit's for you. And if you were one of those people who were like, yeah, bring it on, I'm ready, then also I'd suggest you listen, because this next bit's for you. If you're, if you're following the flow of the sermon, which I think I am, uh, <laughs> we're, on to, we're on to point two, which is authority, or if you're a 3 Ps person, it's permission now. Now, when I was 18, um, I left my home in uh, Roundhams, known for its service station on the M27, and I, uh, I drove all the way to near Kidderminster to a place called Clearbury Mortimer, um, where there is, uh, it's the, the Youth for Christ head office used to be there. Um, and, but at the time, it was owned by Northamptonshire Association of Youth Clubs, uh, and I was an outdoor. I was going there to train to be an outdoor pursuits instructor. It was a, a one-year gap year, um, and I absolutely loved it. I met my wife there, which was very good. Uh, Hannah was working as a cook there, as a chef there. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> yeah double bonus. I. <laughs> As I, as I was training, I, I, I'd had a bit of outdoor experience before. I'd done a fair bit of climbing and sailing and canoeing and things. Um, and I had a, a couple of qualifications, but none that were, would qualify me to teach other people to do it. And as, over the course of only maybe two or three months uh, before the busy season uh, came in, um, I was... Sort of overseen by current instructors and the chief instructor and senior instructor, I was taught what to do, how to stay safe yourself, how to keep other people safe. And um, by the end of that time, I was qualified to throw children out of a tree <laughs> without getting arrested. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, now, those kids and the and the teachers or the parents who came with them, they trusted me and they trusted the other instructors. Um, They entrusted their lives to us. But it was because I had been given that authority to do that. If I'd just sort of said to a bunch of kids, climb the tree, sit on a branch and jump off, then I would definitely have been arrested. I'd probably have felt a little bit guilty about it as well. But, you know, I'd been trained, I'd been equipped to do it, and I had the authority to go up there and encourage a child. They didn't just jump out of a tree, don't worry. They were on a zip wire. It was okay. Um, But... You know that was what I was uh, employed to do. Do you have the authority to join in God's mission? Well, I'm going to read a series of statements that I found uh, as I jumped back through Ephesians, and all of these are true statements. How do I know that they're true? Well, because God says them, and what God says is true. He doesn't lie. God only speaks the truth. And God is the truth. So as I read these, let them sink in from your, your head, into your heart, into your soul. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Every spiritual blessing. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He wasn't forced to do it. He raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're citizens with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Those statements are true regardless of how we feel about them or regardless of how we view the circumstances that are going on around us. You may not feel like you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms, but you have. That's the truth. May we be God's church in cows that grasps the truth and be people who live in that truth and the freedom of that truth. We are loved. We are chosen. We are adopted. We are holy. We are without fault in his eyes. We have authority to represent God to our friends and our families in the way that we live. We have permission to pray with our colleagues or with strangers if we know that they have something going on in their life that they can't cope with. We are qualified to talk about who God is and who he's made us to be and what he's done in our life. We are priests of God's holy church. We are licensed to lead one another towards an ever closer relationship with God. We're on to the third P. Um, when I, uh, before moving here, we lived in York. We lived there for about seven years, and I worked as a, a youth worker for three churches up there. Um, and I had the amazing privilege. So during the during the sort of year two, um, a group of other youth workers. So there it was a big enough city that a few churches had um, employed youth workers, and. Uh, we, we started just meeting together. We'd meet together for a, a short lunch every Monday, and we'd um, just hang out with each other, and we would pray with each other. Now, for the first year, it was just something we said, we need to do this. And then after a year, we started wanting to do it, and we started uh, sort of the, the barriers came down... Uh, In a lot of areas in life, you can think you've got to sort of pretend to be somebody that you're not, or you've got to look like you've got it all together, haven't you? And we were in that situation where, uh, for the first time, we sort of show up and say, yeah, it's all going like, yeah, we did this the other night, yeah, we went to there, and it was great. And then, after a year or so, and we started to trust each other, somebody said, you know... uh, had a bit of a rubbish week last week, and this happened, and I don't know what to do about it. And uh, then as soon as somebody's done that, everybody can start doing that, can't they? And what ended up happening was we became a a support group for one another that was um, like nothing I've experienced before, really. It was absolutely amazing. But as a result of that, because we had reached that level of vulnerability and honesty with each other, when we ended up praying with each other and encouraging each other and helping each other, there was so much more depth to that as well. And we went on to do uh, some, you know, some amazing joint work together. One thing called Hope Invasion that we did. We, we went out to meet every single year seven, eight, and nine child in the city. There was a, a good few thousand of them. Um, and we we taught them in the schools, um, and we invited them along to a big festival that we organised—a one-day festival. Unfortunately, there was a blizzard on the day, but 800 turned out, which isn't bad for a blizzardy day. But <laughs> we also lost about ten gazebos that day. But anyway, I can still see them rolling across the field. Um, we went on to uh, sort of around the city. We we organised youth alpha. Um, weeks sort of dotted around the city but then we came together for the youth alpha weekend away and there were there were a hundred young people from across the city who who came together for, for, for that youth alpha so you know, it was amazing but that only came out of the fact that we met together we prayed with each other we loved each other and we we were vulnerable with each other let's read what paul says in ephesians 4 1 to 6 therefore i a prisoner for serving the lord Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, for there is one body, one Spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future, there is one Lord and one faith and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. He goes on saying uh, in chapter 4, verse 14, Be equipped and built up as the body of Christ, so that we will no longer be immature like children, We won't be tossed and blown around by every wind of new teaching. We won't be influenced when when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. And then in verse 17, he says, Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander from life, from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and they've hardened their hearts against him. But you should throw off your old sinful nature and let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Living a life like that is hard work. We need each other. There's a a book that I read a a little while back by an American pastor called Craig Grushel, and it's called Weird, because normal isn't working, which is a great title. But he, he talks about how God has called us to stand out. He's called us to be a holy people, not to just go along with the flow. We should stand out in our community in a good and a godly way. When I went to pick up Miles the other day uh, from school, I was maybe two minutes late. Hello, he's waving at the back. Hello, Miles. Um, I was maybe two minutes late. Now, two minutes is enough for you to hit the flow of all the parents coming back the other way. And at Gurnard School, it just gets funneled around. And I I felt like I was fighting against this flow of kids and parents and artwork and stuff all coming the other way. And, I mean, at one point, I honestly thought I should give up, Miles. No, not really. <laughs> but I persevered. I stuck with it. We, we, need, we need to encourage each other. We need to encourage each other and remind each other to carry on living out our faith. We need to live our lives of this, this faith life that, that stands out from other lives together, don't we? We need to be really supportive of one another it's so important that if there's any issue between any one of us and another one that we forgive each other that we deal with it quickly and we forgive each other because it's so easy for something like that to to grab hold and it, it it pulls us apart doesn't it we're called to be united there's one god one church one baptism We're going to. Um, Mark asked me to talk a little bit about the, the, the groups that, that we do here, the small groups, because as, as a, a large group together here, it's brilliant to meet together, but you don't get the depth of relationship and the, the depth of uh, support that you need. And so as, as a church, we encourage. People to be part of small groups, and rather than me just stood up here spouting about small groups, I've asked two people to uh, give me a hand with that. So um, Chris and Zoe are going to come up here, and I'm going to ask them a few questions about their involvement in the small groups of the church. Where's the <laughs> Whoop, If you have that one, yeah, I got stools. He's on blue. Why do you
1: have to test it?
0: So, yeah, if you could both just sing a song to start. (laughs) 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 So, um, Zoe, why don't you just quickly tell us a little bit about yourself and then tell us about uh, link groups. Are you part of link group?
2: Um, I'm Zoe. I'm married to Steve, he plays guitar, and I have three children. This morning they were crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, I run the Link Group, which is Noah's Ark, which is a toddler group. We meet here on a Wednesday from nine thirty till eleven thirty. Um, we've got lots of children between naught and four. Mums, dads, some grandparents, child minders come along.
0: <laughs> Brilliant.
2: Yep,
0: <laughs> and. Uh, I mean, how, how long have you been doing that?
2: Um, I took over from Hannah about two years ago. Right.
0: <laughs> and maybe share a couple of highlights from that. Um, uh, yeah.
2: Um, well, actually, this past year, we've been in here because of the work going on last, next door, and there's been quite a few different conversations. I think, I don't know, partly prompted by being in here. I've had quite a few conversations about worship and worship bands, um, questions about what the apex church is like um i've been able to share with quite um it's quite hard to have a sit down conversation it is sometimes yeah yeah (laughs) but um i've had um conversations with mums who've come along for the first or second time and then said well actually i've hardly left the house since my baby was born but i'm going to keep coming here because it feels safe i feel like i can manage this Mm. so it it really helps you to actually get to know people and build up relationships with people that you might not meet otherwise. Yeah. Um, there was one mum who was really struggling um, and she managed to, like, sort of talk about it and so we were able to help her out practically mm. um, so she'd get back on her feet for a bit. Um,
0: yeah. Brilliant. What would you say... What is your hope for...
2: Um, I'd, yeah, I'd really like the families to become more involved here on a Sunday. I'd like mm. them to come along. Um... I think that kind of how we support each other and love each other as a church they do see that and I think it models God's love for them as we show our love for each other and Mm. yeah
0: just before we move on from Noah's Ark is there anything that you need the church to support you in in the work that you're doing there?
2: Well, extra helpers is always great. At the moment, there's myself and Angie helps with the teas and coffees and cutting up the fruit, and Lucy's started helping with doing some craft activities. But we've had quite a lot of new people, and if you get quite a lot of new people in one week, it's really hard to talk to them all, and you might miss someone, and I don't don't want to miss anyone coming Mm -hmm. through and not feeling like someone's talked to them, especially as we've got the garden open in the summer, so you could be outside and not notice Mm. people coming in because people can arrive at any point it's not formal start time um so yeah practical help people um if you don't want to like just help setting up or putting away would free us up to be able to chat to people more um or just pray on a wednesday morning for us because Mm. there are conversation opportunities sometimes it's hard to take them and yeah, and for myself, getting to schools, drop Max off, and then back across here, and then by like nine thirty, I'm just like, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Brilliant, thank you, Zoe. Um, Chris, why don't you share a little bit about how how has belonging to a small group? So I, I think we're moving on from Noah's Ark, unless you feel like you belong to Noah's Ark. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> How has belonging to a a small group helped you over, well, over the years? Yes, I'll I'll keep talking
1: for a little bit just
0: for John to get the microphone level up (laughs) to... I'm
1: very aware that I'm quite a quiet speaker, so I'm sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was quite good. Like, the songs that Hannah chose with the team this morning, we had a couple of songs about Trinity, um, which just... This isn't what I was going to speak on or or how I was going to respond, but... I was just really impacted that nothing exists in isolation and not even God exists in isolation. Um, And of course, we we have Sundays and like you were saying, it's great to get together on Sundays. We worship together, we have communion together. We get completely recharged, it's family time. Um, But life is almost, it's it's about what happens between the Sundays and that's Mm. what I was passionate about. I've been a member of many... Life groups and small groups and home groups and cell groups. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and with, with, with Claire over the years, we, we've led a number as well. And it's just fantastic to get that little bit deeper, see relationships flourish, and and just give a home to people, which is mm. what we've we've done for a long time.
0: Brilliant. So just uh, what what would it be like coming along to your life group what would, What would somebody expect i 'm not saying everyone should go to yours, but what what yeah. is it like what do you do?
1: <laughs> a small <laughs> caveat we 're not currently running a life group okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are. yeah but, but we, we will be again we 'll be, we'll be starting up a new group um, and for us it 's like i was saying it 's about creating a home for people it 's about helping people flourish, grow, encouraging people. Um, giving people that kind of midweek boost that people often
0: need Hmm. Um, and choosing good biscuits (laughs) most important when the the cell group movement uh, was flourishing they talked talked about the four W's worship, word uh, welcome, worship, word and witness and then we added the fifth one of refreshments (laughs) (laughs) most important So, um, how about, uh, can can you just flick on to the next one, Malcolm? Just the next slide on there. Uh, And the next one. There you go. That's what we do. You can read that while we're talking. Um, Who, have have either of you been part of any of the, the learn groups that we run?
2: I just um, did the Freedom in Christ course. Yeah, yeah. what was that like? Um, it was more formal than like a small group, so there was kind of a talk section, and then we broke up into smaller groups to do some discussion questions. Um, it was it was good. I struggled for the first few weeks, if I'm honest, and then it got much more um, kind of meatier and deeper, and I found it really helpful. Mm. Um I challenged how I think, I think. Um, And encouraged me to sort of like grab hold of truth and use that in my life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, brilliant. Um, Oops, sorry, I'm losing the papers. Now we've talked about the the formal groups that we run. So as as a church, we we have this uh, the different levels of group. If you like, uh, if you like the the life groups, which are for us to support one another. The the learn groups where we delve into a specific topic, it could be an alpha course that we're doing or it could be a marriage course or the freedom in Christ course, Um, and the link groups which are are there to to sort of link ourselves out with the the wider community. But if we move away from those formal settings, um, how would you say, um, how important is it to be supported by others around you at... Other points during the week. I throw something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: That wasn't in the email. It wasn't in the email. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, I I think another group that's very special to me would be the group that we set up amongst some of us who are involved in worship at the church. Um, Doesn't begin with an L, so it's not on the board. But. um, It was it started a few years ago because I think what we really wanted was sincerity in what we did up on the stage, not this idea that those who are in the worship team we live independent lives, but then we meet on a Sunday and sing some songs together. But we wanted to grow deeper as a group. Um, it wasn't long before songwriting became the kind of the fruit of that. Um, songs just started pouring out of that group. The more we opened up, the more vulnerable we kind of made ourselves more comfortable we mm. became in the group um, I think that the biggest kind of fruit more so than like the songwriting was just the ability for people in the group to find their voice as it were as you kind of try and you take things that you know is true in your life true in scripture and then in song or in poetry or in art you try and then communicate that yourself that's like the art of finding your own voice and that's what we've been doing mm. as a group um, that's been fantastic
0: brilliant yeah. there's, there's, a, there's an answer we, to a question oh, we could you didn't ask no, 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 that's good we've all benefited from that haven't we and you can tell it is not just a group of people who can play piano and can sing a song um, who get together on a Sunday morning so well done for putting that first for meeting together first and supporting one another have you got anything else you want to say or do you feel like you've said enough
2: no well the opportunity to meet together in smaller groups it just it gives you a chance to share life together even if you don't realize that you have more of a chance to sort of chat about what you're doing find out what other people are doing to learn from people who may be like a little bit older than you or more experienced in a certain area and you can look at their life and mm. their walk with god and it's really taught me that actually there's seasons for things. And what you're doing now might not be what you're doing in five or ten years' time, but that God will still be using you and you can learn that actually it's a journey.
0: Um, Mm, Brilliant. Thank you, Zoe. You done? I can be. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Zoe. As I look back through Ephesians, there were some recurring themes, two that really stood out to me, and they were peace and unity, the number of times that, that Paul talks about those. And um, just as we finish, I, I'll just read uh, what it says in Ephesians 2:17. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us, all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. We are part of a church that needs to be united in a world that is divided. Um, um, We have heard enough about Brexit and whatever side of the argument you're on, it, unfortunately, it is something that has divided. And that would have happened whichever way the vote went, wouldn't it? It is something that has, has divided us. And that's not the only thing that divides. But, but we live in a community and we live in a world that is divided. And when people come to us and they meet us, whether they meet us for a coffee or meet us in our homes or even come into the church here, they need to meet a people who are united, who are one. And yesterday, meeting with uh, the other churches in cows was an amazing thing. And it, it, was, it, was a, it was sad that there were only 58 people there out of all of those churches. Um, but it's understandable as well because it's Saturday afternoon and uh, people are committed to, to their own thing. But what was wonderful about it was that it was the people of God putting aside all of the differences that we have. And we all know the theological differences that different denominations have and saying, Do you know what? that doesn't matter. What we're going to focus on is that we love Jesus, that we recognize that he died for us, and that he is the only way to the Father. That was what was amazing about it. And if if that's my my hope and my prayer is that that is the start of something that that continues, Uh, not necessarily giving up every Saturday afternoon to meet at Trinity Theatre, but it is the start of the churches in cows coming together and saying, yes, we are all part of this one body. And so, yeah, my my hope and my prayer is that that will carry on. Um, And and we need to be careful about the way that we talk about other churches, don't we? Um, Because different churches, different people meet with God in different ways. It's the same God, but we meet with him in different ways. And we, we respond to different types of worship and different types of liturgy. And we've got to be really careful that, that we don't uh, come across as the ones who've got it right, because we haven't. We have got it. We do it in a way that works for us, that we feel we can connect with God. And other people do do so in another way. And as long as they've got that core belief of who God is and who Jesus is, then we need to be standing strong with them, don't we? Not, not divided. I'm going to finish just by reading uh, what Paul says. In chapter 5, verses 15 to 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we come to the end of our service, um, if you want to pray with anybody, then there will be people up the front here who will gladly pray with you. If you've got kids out the back there, then you need to rescue the kids' workers. Um, But, yeah, be blessed. Have a great week. Continue meeting with each other and supporting each other and loving each other. Very Very good.